Today we're going to begin a brand new series entitled Just Do It. We just wrapped up the Easter weekend, but we want to go back to the Easter weekend just a little bit. I want to pull a character out of the Bible in the book of Matthew chapter 27. So if you will uh, kind of get focused on that, we'll be in other places in the Bible. But Matthew 27 is where we're going to um, just kind of settle down as a as a springboard for the rest of this sermon. We're really going to be talking today about life's most important question. Life's most important question. Now, I married a couple here yesterday. The bride was beautiful. The groom was, he's all right. And um, married them yesterday. And I asked them a bunch of really important questions. I asked them, uh, you know, will you love her? Will you love him through sickness and health and richer for poor? Um, good and bad, up and down, you know, whatever. And uh, they all said, I do, all, all two of them. And uh, so they, they answered right, and those were really important questions. But even those questions I asked them yesterday, which are really, really, really big questions in anybody's life when you're getting married, still isn't as important as the question we're going to deal with today. And the character in the Bible that I want to talk about is a man named Pilate. So let's look at it, Matthew 27, 22. And he's going to give us, right now, life's most important question. And it says, what shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? What shall I do then with Jesus? I believe God arranged the trial of Jesus before Pontius Pilate. And I believe God recorded it in Scripture so that we could look at it and study it as an example for us today. I believe that one of the reasons this story is in the Bible is so I can stand in Whitley Church this morning and talk about it and preach on it. Pilate so long ago had to answer the question. He had to answer it. What am I going to do with Jesus? You have to answer that question today before you leave this service. Three things about this question, and this is just in the introduction. You got a little place in your worship program for notes. I was going to have some notes for you, and I have a great reason why I don't have those there for you. I forgot to do it. So <laughs> if y'all will just take good notes this morning, um, I would appreciate that, and we'll try to fix you up next week. Three things about this question. Put this right at the top of your notes. Don't, don't use a lot of space for this because this is really quick. Three things about this question. Number one, it is pressing. And that means you cannot put it off. It is a pressing question. Number two, it is a personal question. No one else can answer it for you. No one else can answer it for you. You might say, well, you know, I've never really been that much of a Jesus person, but my grandma, boy, she was, and my mom and dad, so I'm kind of going to go into heaven on their coattails. Um, God has children, God doesn't have any grandchildren. So you personally have to make a decision about Jesus. Number three, it is a present question. It is here today. It is being brought to you today. And you're going to have to deal with it in the now, right now. Now let me ask you a question before I really start preaching here. How many of you uh, have been enjoying the pollen, the allergies? Anybody getting with that one? Well, I got that going on this morning, too, so I'm going to stop about 10 times and cough. And it, that will be a good time for y'all if you want to just kick in right there. We'll just all cough at the same time, just get it over with. Y'all ready? Let's do it now. All right, now I don't want to hear it again until I'm ready. 
So what shall you do with Jesus? You say, well, why is that life's most important question? Here's why. This is strong now. This is strong, but this is why. Because what you do with Jesus will determine what God does with you. What you do with Jesus, what a person decides about Jesus will determine their eternity. I want to show you in this story today the privileges of Pilate. God gave Pilate some awesome, awesome privileges. I want you to see the clear evidence that God placed right in front of him. I want you to notice the events and the, effect, and the uh, facts that God so graciously, mercifully, and kindly used to reveal to Pilate who Christ was. I'm convinced that God was trying to reach Pilate. When I, when I finish this series of uh, messages, you're going to be convinced, I believe, that God was trying to get Pilate to get on his knees and accept Jesus as Lord of his life. I had a gentleman come up to me Thursday night after I preached this message at the bridge, and he said, Pastor, I mean, how could Pilate have a choice? I mean, Jesus had to go to the cross. So Pilate really didn't have a choice, did he? We all have a choice. Everyone has a choice. Everyone decides. Because see, if Pilate had bowed before Jesus and said, you are Lord, and turned and said to the Roman guards, you, you're going to have to put me in prison too because I love this man. He is who he says he is, and I want to serve him. Then they would have found another evil judge to take Jesus to the cross because Jesus had to go to the cross. He had to go, but Pilate had a choice. He had a choice. God was trying to help Pilate make the right decision about Jesus. And can I tell you this morning that God wants you to make the right decision about Jesus. He's trying to get you to make the right decision about Jesus. Pilate, Pilate met Jesus face to face. He confronted the inevitable Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is absolutely inevitable. He talked to him. Jesus Christ was the most uncomfortable event in the life of Pontius Pilate. He came face to face with Jesus, and that is exactly what I want to do this morning in this message. So I want to bring you face to face with Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, that is our goal every time we have church. Because Pharaoh Hardison cannot do anything for you as it relates to your salvation. I cannot, I cannot save you. I cannot forgive your sins. Hey, listen, I am one of you. I am one of you. This church cannot save you. You can join this church. You can come to dinner with the staff next Sunday and you can become a member of our church and that would be awesome and we would love to have you as a member of our church if that's God's will, but that will not make you ready for heaven. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. We never, 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 and I talk to my staff and leadership about this all the time, we're never pointing people to, to a person on staff or to a denomination or to a church, we're always, always, always pointing people to Jesus because only Jesus can convert you and only Jesus can forgive you and only Jesus can wash your sins away and make you ready for heaven. And you may have your name on 10 church rolls. You may have been baptized so many times the tadpoles know your social security number. I have no idea what that means. It's just funny, isn't it? But I'm just telling you right now, um, you need to come to Jesus. You can go through all the religious stuff you want to go through, put money on the plate, and we thank you for that, and we'll use it to build his kingdom. 
But that won't save you. It's you and Jesus. And I want to bring you face to face with him today. Um, when Pilate was brought face to face with him, Pilate had choices. And those choices are the same ones you have. Pilate could crown him or crucify him. Pilate had the choice of accepting Jesus or rejecting Jesus. Now here's what the privileges of Pilate were. They were voices that spoke to him. And I want to give you this morning, very quickly, four voices. Four voices that spoke to Pilate. Thank you. Number one, the voice of conscience. The voice of conscience spoke to Pilate. Now the same voices that spoke to Pilate speak to you. These are the same voices. There are people sitting in this room right now who have not made a decision to receive Jesus yet. You're a good person. You work hard. You try to do right. You try to do things right. But you've not made a full decision to receive Jesus. But I want to tell you, because I've been where you are, your conscience is talking to you, isn't it? Your conscience speaks to you. You know, you lay down at night and all the music is gone, all the TV is gone, all the noise is gone. It's just you and Jesus and your conscience. How do we know that Pilate heard from his conscience? Look what it says in Luke 23, 4. Luke 23, 4. It says, Then said Pilate to the chief priest and to the people, I find no fault in this man. I find no fault in this man. How did Pilate know there was no fault in Jesus? I mean, he, he wasn't a Christian. He had no spiritual insight. The Bible says that the unsaved mind, the carnal mind, the mind that has not been redeemed, cannot comprehend spiritual things, yet he knew that this Jesus was perfect. Pilate's own conscience, his own heart told him that what was happening to Jesus right here this day was not right. Pilate's own conscience told him that these religious rulers were lying about Jesus. His conscience was thundering in his head and beating in his chest saying, Pilate, this man is innocent. This man is innocent. Jesus Christ is faultless. And Pilate's conscience testified in his heart of hearts. Listen to me this morning. Pilate knew that Jesus was who he said he was. He knew it. You say, well, why didn't he give in? We'll look at that next week, but I want you to notice these voices because you sitting right here this morning, your conscience is talking to you right now this morning. Now, you've offered up a lot of excuses and you think you're really good. You know, you think you've come up with some really good stuff. What's the number one excuse? Hypocrites in the church. Gee whiz, call 60 Minutes, call 2020, call WRAL News. This is big news. Hypocrites in the church. Will y'all give that one a rest? We get it. There are hypocrites in the church. I saw some this morning. <laughs> no, they're coming to the next service. Boy, boy I'm Sometimes the hypocrite's me. Sometimes I don't walk what I talk. Y'all look real holy right now. Matter of fact, I see some halos out there. Sometimes the hypocrite's me. I'm not pointing you to me. I'm not pointing you to anybody in this church. I'm pointing you to Jesus. Even Pilate said, there's no fault in him. Fault in pastors? Oh, my goodness. If y'all think, you know, pastor doesn't ever do anything wrong, just talk to Millie. 
Buddy, I'm telling you, Millie can, Millie would just, first out, you'd have to wait for her to stop laughing after about 15 minutes. And then she'd start rattling them off, buddy, because she lives with me every day. And then don't you love the excuse about my parents? That's the new thing, you know. My parents, they didn't let me push my mush off my high chair, and it warped my little psyche. <laughs> no, your, your parents didn't mess you up. You was born messed up. You were born with a sin nature. You were born lost. You were born apart from God. Stop blaming it on your mom and dad. Start blaming it. Stop blaming it on the hypocrites in the church. Here's another one. I'm a good, honest, hardworking person. And I know some people who claim to be Christians, and they are not good, honest, hardworking people. Well, that's, look, I hate that so bad. You're right. I hate it so bad. But listen, that ain't going to help you when you're standing before Jesus on the last day. And then I love this one. Well, I used to go out there, but one of those so-called Christians hurt my feelings. Get in line. Hey, look, let me tell you something about getting hurt. You ain't even been hurt unless you've been hurt by a good Christian. Amen? I mean, buddy, here in the church, we can rip you. We know how to get it done around here, buddy. Amen? Let tear you up. The best fights I've ever seen in church. <laughs> Get your eyes off all the stuff around you. The church isn't perfect. Pastors aren't perfect. Church leaders aren't perfect. Christians aren't perfect. Get your eyes on Jesus. What did Pilate say? I find no fault in this man. What told him that? His conscience, the voice of conscience. Look at the second voice. Second voice, voice number two. The voice of common sense. He had common sense. Use your brain. A lot of people think uh, if you're going to do something spiritual, you've got to check your brain in at the door, you know. God's going to reveal everything to you. Yeah, use your brain. Look what it says in Matthew 27, 18. Um, Pilate wasn't even a Christian, but the Bible says he knew. Pilate knew that it was out of envy. He knew it was out of envy that they had handed Jesus over to him. Pilate discerned this. Pilate used his common sense and realized that it was their jealousy, these Pharisees, these priests. These Pharisees, these priests, these religious leaders. Jesus knew, listen to me church, he knew they were green-eyed with envy toward Jesus Christ. They were jealous of Jesus. They burned with hatred for Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus was popular and the people loved him. And these religious leaders hated that. They couldn't stand it. Pilate wasn't a fool. Pilate was no fool. Listen, he was a politician. Pilate had been a student of human nature for years, and he knew how to look at a situation and with his own brain pretty much figure out what was going on right there. And Pilate knew this was a frame-up job. He knew it was a frame-up frame up job, and it was beating in his chest. He could hear the voice of conscience. He could hear the voice of common sense saying, Pilate, this man's innocent. This man's innocent, Pilate. Be careful. Be careful what you do with this man. The Bible says he knew. Let your common sense speak to you this morning. Can I, I want to put a, I want to put a um, challenge out there. To those of you who think you've come up with a good set of reasons why you're not surrendered to Jesus, let me just ask you something. 
Think of one legitimate, there is not one legitimate reason for not following Jesus Christ. I mentioned one last week, you know, how people go, um, well, I just don't believe all that stuff, and, you know, there's hypocrites in the church, and blah, blah, blah. But, but you know, and, and maybe Jesus isn't who he said he was. Maybe you believe like these people on the video, you know, it doesn't matter how you find Jesus, or matter how you find God, some through Jesus, some through Buddha, some through Allah, some through, but you, there are many ways to God. You can believe all that stuff all you want to, but there's one way. Jesus said, no one, no one, no one, you see it on the video, can come to the Father but by me. And you can offer up all those kind of excuses you want to offer up. But I'm telling you, when you stand before Jesus Christ on the last day and he judges you, you can go down that list of excuses all you want to and he'll go, that's not enough, that's not enough, that's not enough. He's going to look at you and say this, what about me? Sure, the church failed you. Sure, pastors failed you. Sure, other people failed you that you had a lot of confidence in. But I've never failed you. I wanted you to come to me. So it isn't going to help you on that day. Use your common sense. So what he says in Isaiah 118. Isaiah 118 says, New Living Translation, this is God talking. He says, come now and let's argue this out. Isn't that really cool right there? You know, some of you guys sitting out here, you, you, here's your excuse. You go, well, I'm going to tell you something. Life's been really unfair to me, Pastor. I mean, when we got over one thing, there was another thing. And when we got over that, or before we could even get over that, there was another thing and another thing and another thing. And i got to tell you something, man, there are people in this church, I've looked at their life, and they walk holy, and they walk it right, and they live it right. And, man, they got one bad thing, then another, then another, then another, then another. I think about Eddie and Sylvia. I think about all they've gone through. There aren't two finer people in the world than Eddie and Sylvia Jenkins. And they've had so many challenges. I think about Mike Johnson and Wanda. Mike had the liver transplant a couple weeks ago, and not even two weeks ago, I don't think. And, uh, and, and Wanda broke her uh, wrist that very day. I had to go up there. And, and you just sit there and you think, that two of the best people. See, it isn't about that. Whether you're going through problems and trouble and pain, it doesn't have anything to do with if I was walking closer to God, I wouldn't have these things. It's going to happen to everybody. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. It rains on people who walk it right, and it rains on people who don't walk it right. You say, well, I'm just kind of bitter, Pastor, because a lot of things have happened to me that don't happen to other people, and I've had to go through more than other people, and I'm just really kind of mad at God. Well, look what God says to you. Put it back up there, guys. Luke, I'm sorry, Isaiah 118, Isaiah 118. Look what God tells you to do. Bring your bitterness. Bring your anger. Bring it to me. Let's argue it out. God says let's argue it out. That's a big challenge. This is an important point in this message today. Some of you are just angry because life has dealt you some bad things and some, some situations that you've watched other people be blessed. You're kind of like that guy in Psalm 73, you know, where everything he touched broke. And then he's a Christian. He looks down the road at the guy who isn't a Christian. Everything he touches turns to gold. And the guy in Psalm 73 gets bitter. You ought to write that down in your notes and read it when you get home. And he got bitter, but then he got right with God in Psalm 73, verse 17. He got right with God when he got a new perspective. Guys, you got to come to God, argue it out, unload on him. You say, we well, can't talk to God like that. He might nuke you. <laughs> well, David talked to him like that. Write down this little scripture reference to look up when you get home. In Psalm 13, I believe it is Psalm 13, David said, how long, O Lord? How long? How long are you going to let my enemies rise above me? How long are you going to 
And David's walking right and living right and, and doing all the things God wants him to do. And Saul, you know, he was pursuing after David because he was jealous of him. And, and, and David got weary some days. And we, How long is this going to go on? God, I'm, I'm doing everything you tell me to do, but I'm the one having to hide in caves and, and all that kind of thing. So how long is this going to go on? You can ask God stuff like that. He says right here, come on. Bring it. God's, bring it. Y'all hear me? I'm talking to somebody here today. God says, bring it. I can handle it. Look what he says. Let's put that verse up there if it's not up there. Isaiah 118. He says, come now, let us argue this out, says the Lord. No matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can remove it. Hallelujah. Because I know some of y'all got some big ones up in there. Look what he says. I can make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. Even if you were stained as red as crimson. Crimson was a little uh, juice that a little bug would get on their clothes back in that day. And it would secrete this juice. And it was kind of a burgundy color. Real dark purple color. And they couldn't get it out of their clothes. So God said, I don't care if your sin's like that little bug juice that gets on your clothes. That you can't get out with Cloroxeth or Titeth. <laughs> or Shouteth. Yeah, you can't get it out with any of that stuff. So God says, I can wash it out. Look what he says. I can make you as white as wool. So bring your problems. Bring your anger. Bring your sense of injustice. And go, God, I, this is unfair. And cry it out with him and argue it out with him and get that thing behind you. And the people said, I got to move on. Number three, number three, the voice of concerned loved ones. Good. Matthew 27, 19, look at it. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife, so, so the voice of conscience has spoken to Pilate about Jesus. The voice of common sense has spoken to Pilate about Jesus, and these voices are speaking to you right here this morning. And now his own wife, the voice of a concerned loved one, the voice of a loved one. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him this message. Leave this innocent man alone. How did she know he was innocent? Why did she know Pilate should not do anything wrong as it related to Jesus? Here's why. Look at the last part. Because I had a terrible nightmare about him last night. So Pilate's own wife, someone who loved him, someone who cared about him, sends him a message about Jesus. Look at the love of God toward Pilate here. Look at the, all these voices. Even his own wife. She didn't know Jesus from, you know, she didn't know Jesus from anybody. And, and, and she was asleep that night before the trial, and, and God came and gave her a dream or a vision or something. It's right there in your Bible, and it was all about Jesus. And boy, when she woke up, she was a nervous wreck. And she called in one of the servants, and she said, you go tell my husband. You go tell him not to, to do anything to this innocent man. Go and warn him. Go and warn him. And, and that wife heard the word of the Lord, and then she gave it to that messenger, and he became a faithful messenger of God's word to Pilate. How many of you would admit right here this morning that before you came to Jesus, somebody who loved you talked to you about Jesus? Somebody who loved Come on, let's testify. A Sunday school teacher. 
Anybody got a Sunday school teacher that's real, you remember her or him, and they just really, amen, amen. And see, you're probably sitting here today serving Jesus and loving Jesus because somebody who loved you, somebody who loved you, you say, well, I've never had anybody love me tell me about Jesus. That's not true because I love you, and I'm telling you about Jesus right now. So you can't ever say that a loved one hasn't told you about Jesus. I love you. If you guys knew how much I loved you, and I'm telling you about Jesus. I know husbands whose wives have come to them and tried to be gentle and kind and talk to them about Jesus and, and the man just get mad and angry and wouldn't hear her. There's going to come a day when that man is going to wish he had listened to his wife. And children have mocked their parents and talked disrespectful to their parents as their parents have tried to lead them to church and lead them into the things of God and lead them in the Bible. And those children have been so disrespectful to those parents, so hateful, so, so uh, bitter toward those parents about church. And I want to tell you, young people, something. There's going to come a day when you're going to stand before God and you're going to say, I wish I'd listened to Mama. I wish I'd listened to my daddy when he tried to tell me about Jesus. Loved ones, loved ones, speak to us. Let me give you the last one. The voice of Christ spoke to Pilate. Can I say this to you this morning? The voice of common sense is talking to you today. The voice of conscience is talking to you today. Every one of you know that loved ones, I'm standing here, I'm a loved one, concerned loved one. I'm speaking to you today just like Pilate. And now the very voice of Jesus is talking to Pilate. You know, there was a time when Pilate asked Jesus some questions and Jesus answered. And then we'll notice later in the series there was a time when Jesus asked questions and Pilate wouldn't, or, or, or Pilate asked questions and Jesus wouldn't answer. And the difference in that was that when Pilate was sincere and his heart was humble and he really wanted to know, then Jesus talked to him. But when Pilate later became arrogant, uh, as there's one place in the Bible where Pilate goes, don't you know who you're talking to? I mean, you can almost see the buttons popping off his chest. You know, don't you know who I am? And, and when Pilate got like that, listen, Jesus wouldn't talk to him. That ought to tell you something right there. The Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So when Pilate was humble, Jesus talked to him. Look what Pilate says in John 18, 35 as we close. John 18, 35, Jesus said him, uh, Pilate said, am I a Jew? I, he goes, sir, I, I'm not a Jew. He said, your own people have brought you to me. And the leading priest uh, of your religion have brought you here to me. Why, sir? What, what have you done? Look at the sincerity. Look at the honesty. Look at the humbleness. And the Bible says Jesus talked right back to him. Look in uh, uh, John 18, 36, 37, up on the screen. It says, then Jesus said. Then Jesus answered. Then Jesus answered Pilate. I'm not an earthly king. I want to, you talk about a straight-up answer, man. I mean, Jesus gave Pilate a straight-up answer. He said, I'm not an earthly king. That, that's, what was he saying? I'm a heavenly king. I'm king not of this little area and this little group of people. I'm king of all. I'm king of kings, sir. And I know I'm dirty and bloody, and I'm wearing a crown of thorns, and you got my hands tied. But there's one thing you need to understand, Mr. Pilate. I am king of kings. 
And if I wanted to, I could whisper one command and blood would flow to the ankle, ankle deep. And my father would rescue me. But look what Jesus says. I'm not an earthly king. If I were, my followers would have fought when I was arrested by the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate replied, you are a king then? You say I am a king? And you are right, Jesus said. Look what, look what Jesus says now. I was born for this purpose. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, you know what he's saying right there? He's saying, you think you got me? He said, all these Jewish leaders, they think they got me. They, they, they have beat me and, and they have put this crown of thorns on me and they have slapped my face and pulled my beard out and, and they have mocked me and laughed at me and ridiculed me. He said, they think they got me. They think they got me right where they want me. Actually, I have them right where I want them. For I came for this purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, that is awesome. He said, I came for this purpose. You don't have me where you want me. I got you right where I want you. He says, and I came to bring truth to the world. And all who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Let me close with this. Listen, listen. Jesus makes a promise right there in that last little section that ought to just thrill our heart today. And you got to get this before you go home. Jesus said anybody that wants to know the truth, anybody, Pilate, who's humble like you are right now and sincere, and they want to know me, and they want to hear my voice, and they, they want, if they're kind of going, you know, God, if you're real, I'm open. He says they'll hear from me. There's some of you sitting right here, right now, and I'm going to put it straight up. And that's why we call this series Just Do It. Because you know what I think? I think we've had enough preaching in this world to save it over 10,000 times. You guys, everything I preached here this morning, you already knew. You already heard it. You live in America. The gospel is saturated America. But you're going, oh, maybe later I'm going to put it off and hypocrites in the church. and blah, 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 I'm just as good as he is. So we want you to just do it. Make a decision. Let's make a decision. Let me warn you about something. When you, when you decide against Jesus and you hear the gospel presented the way it's been presented here so clearly to you this morning and you hear it and you go, man, that's, that, boy, that just really touches my heart, but um, I, I'm just not going to do it today. Here's what happens. Your heart gets hard. The more you hear the gospel and the more you reject the gospel, there's a crust that builds up around your heart. And you'll, here, here's a, one of the ways. You come to the Easter drama and you see Jesus come up on that cross in blood and you remember back a few years ago that made you cry and now you can watch that and it don't make you cry anymore. You're kind of looking at you watch, you know, when they're taking the sheet, the blood over you, you're kind of looking at your watch going, it's almost up, you know. And you develop a crusty heart, hard. And it makes it harder for the gospel to penetrate. I'm asking you to do it this morning. Stop putting off committing your life to Jesus. 
and let's do it today. The same voices that spoke to Pilate have spoken to you, even the very voice of Jesus. Would you bow your head? Would you pray this prayer with me out loud right now? Dear God, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross in my place. They buried him to be forgotten. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. Because he lives, I too can live. Lord Jesus, risen from the dead, I open my heart. I open my life. Come into my life. I've been resisting you, offering excuses, but no more. Today's my day. I receive you now by faith as my Savior. Wash my sins away and live in me in Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking, please, I beg you. If you prayed that prayer today, you didn't know where you were with God when you came, but you know now you've made it right. Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Just slip it up and put it right back down. Is there one? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Now, would you just look up? Everybody look up. Can we just thank God for those? Now listen, if you raised your hand, we have a packet for you. It is a new believer's packet. And um, someone will be up here at the front to give you that. If you'd like to ask questions about today's message, I'll hang around up here and talk with you. Um, we just love you guys so much. Don't forget all the stuff you need to sign up for and all of that. Look through your worship program before you leave. Make sure you um, do all the things you need to do before you go. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for coming to Whitley.